You are now entering the fifth dimension. Welcome back, fellow weirdos, to yet another episode and installment of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. My name is Juan, as your host, and over there is my brother and co-host, Luis. Yo, what's up, you fucking weirdos? Hope everyone's doing all right. Yes, we do hope that all our listeners are doing well. Well, at least as well one can be, right? I mean, uh, unless uh, we find ourselves frequently putting uh, our foot on our mouth and by that i mean mostly luis wait 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 wait, wait, wait. excuse me sir excuse me excuse me what what, what, what me. i say what i say what i say what do you mean wait what the fuck what i do nothing man it's just a joke like like lately our conversations have been you uh definitely putting your foot in your mouth with, with let, let me give you an example you've taken on the taylor swift fandom you've taken peso pluma on uh whether it was, <laughs> and whether it was and whether it's video games or comic books you and, are and no short of supply <laughs> you're no short of supply of being able to rile up the fandom unprovoked may i add unprovoked listen when when it comes to those i'm gonna hold my head high and say i did what i had to because no one else was gonna do it wow well others might but this is me. No remorse. And I mean, I mean, but, but what's wrong about it? What do you mean? I put my foot in my mouth. What do you mean? What's wrong about well, what I do? I mean, I think that we get into right conversations where we might not mean what we say or a conversation where uh, it could be a little bit, stir up a little bit of a controversy, no? Controversy. I mean, it's, I'm just. See, my thing is I'm poking fun of something, right? Yeah. But then there's controversy like these fucking clowns like Jason Aldean and Oliver Anthony. You heard these fools? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, what? I know we're known for doing music review here on the on the podcast, Luis, but uh, yeah. are you coming after country now? Is that what you're doing? Listen, I, everybody already knows my stance on country. Yes, I do listen to it, but I got to say, some of these songs... Are fucking straight up trash, bro. Okay, okay. So you especially, you especially these Jason Aldean and Oliver Anthony types. Okay, so uh, Aldean and Oliver Anthony, uh, I, they've been recently in the social sphere of people having this discussion. They have, have a lot of controversy. Yeah. Um, so you ha- you're you're mo- you must be aware of kind of what's been happening with that. Uh yeah, yeah. I kind of uh, you know. I, it's mostly a social media thing and it comes out in the news a little bit. Yeah. But in the social sphere, like you said, these two, these two songs have been out there and they've been, they're in, they're in some, some deep controversy, right? You know, again, everything's split down left and right. And, Oh, what does it mean? Or what are they talking about? Right. I mean, you know this, right? Yeah. Well, for our fellow weirdos, hold on. Give me a second. Uh, Let me inform our fellow weirdos out there that if you've not listened to the song or haven't heard the music videos of either Jason Aldean or Oliver Anthony, um, first, let's address the the Jason Aldean controversy is he performed in front of a courthouse 
lyrics that are rife with suggestions about what is and is not tolerated in a small town, all while using imagery in the music video, like the horse, the the like the courthouse, that has a lot of historical roots in racism. Uh, the site chosen to shoot this video was historically used to lynch members of the black community. So I ask you, Luis, tone deaf choice or just ignorant? Uh, I'll say this uh, in regards to Jason Aldean's song. He can go fuck himself all the way to any fucking small town in America, especially with that <laughs> bullshit song. You know, him and his fake country ass self. Like, bro, you know, yeah. what does he live somewhere in Nashville? That's what, that what I heard. Lived? It's like, motherfucker, that's, that's not a small town, man. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Every no, <laughs> I'm going to say everyone, right? Every Everyone knows, and especially him, he knows what he meant by those stupid lyrics and by those stupid images that he put on his video. You know, mm. I'm going to say this. Have the balls and own your bigotry, you fucking cowards. Damn. Strong strong words from you, Luis. I think uh, that those the music video itself, uh, and, and I think people, uh, when they go watch it, watch the music video, uh, they can kind of con- come to a conclusion. There's going to be a, 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 a good portion of the population that will say, there was nothing wrong with it. I don't see anything harmful in this music video. Uh, the, the, the lyrics are very pure. They're, they're, they're talking about being able to defend members of, of the small town community, being able to stick up for each other and forming community. Uh, but the lyrics almost come across as very violent, no? I would think so. I was just going to ask you that question. I was like, oh, yeah. In my mind, I was thinking, you know, you've seen the images, you've seen the lyrics on both Jason Aldean and uh, uh, Anthony Oliver, Oliver Anthony, whatever his name is, fucking is, I don't know. Um, but you've seen the images, you've, you've heard the lyrics. And I was just going to ask you, uh, I was just going to ask you what, what, what these defenders of that song would say. You know, like what you're just saying right now, you know, they, they might say to you, Juan, come on now, you're digging too deep. It's not that deep. It's just a song about living in the rural life and hailing from a small net community. Right. That's what they're going to say. Mm. Right. And what mm. would you say to this man? Let me let me switch the question around. What would you say to that question? Oh, you know that's, that, that's an excellent. Uh, uh, excellent. What would you say to that response of Juan? It's not that deep, man. It's just it's country living. It's uh, small town communities. This is what it's all about. What would you say? I to think, uh, and I think we need to throw this out there, right? But right now, when we look at our living situation now, right? You live in El Paso, big city. I live in Fort Collins, uh, medium-sized city. Um, it, 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 it's not. It does not. Right. It does. It does not escape me the fact that we live in mid-sized to large cities. Uh, what the what folks may not know about us is that we used to live in a small town. Uh, that's that was the majority of our. Uh, young adult to adult lives. We lived in a town that, um, for better or for worse, that's where we lived. And I think you know where I'm going with this is that it was rife with prejudice. It was rife with racism. Uh, They were okay with a lot of things that uh, when we, I think when we stepped out outside of that community, when we went to go live somewhere else, we experienced the world and we saw that our small town communities, they don't live up to what Jason Aldean preaches. Uh, in fact, yeah. the opposite, right? They're ready to target the outsider. They're ready to target uh, those who they deem are not part of their community. Uh, that if you're already on the outside, guess what? You've been painted and targeted. That's it. 
Um, and I think we're going to get to our experience here in just a little bit. It's just that the the Jason Aldean song. I've listened it, to it. it and... the, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. May I find go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It begs that question, doesn't it? A a a pure and uh, you know a pure and open country living life with a small knit community, but for who? That's you exactly know? the question I was heading. But at. for it's... who? Who do you? Yeah. Who are you talking about who? Who is this we? Yeah. Right? When the the song refers to uh, try that in a small town, right? And the strong, strong. Uh, tone there and, and the underlying message is uh, protesters, hippies, people who would dare challenge the status quo would find their themselves at the hands of those who are ready to uphold the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And 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 this this quickly reminds me, man, I know we're going to a little side tangent, but I'll, I'll bring us right back is, you know, uh, Key and Peele did a small skit about this uh, where Key, quote unquote, learned country music, right? And mm-hmm. as he's singing to to Peel, he's uh, these songs are obviously racist, right? The lyrics are very obviously racist. So one thing is that we cannot deny the history of racism in this country. I think it, that needs to be at the forefront. So when these singers, despite many people's uh, actions to try to either downplay it or say, "Man, stop it with that," you know, absolutely, absolutely, the still I, there. You can't erase I, it. I think we 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 are under this cloud of the assumption that we live in a post-racial America, whatever that means, because it's not, it's not true. Uh, There's still a lot of racist actions that happen in this country that either white folks uh, or people that uh, feel like conservatism is the way ignore those, those things. And just to throw this out there, and I, I promise uh, this one will be my only dig Prager. You is definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> want to ignore the history of that yeah they're they're low-hanging fruit though it's they're fucking idiots oh man I, idiots that for a future the, future episode future episode future episode definitely i think they're just idiots with an agenda to try to twist or spin american history absolutely i think this attempt to bury american his, history right when we know that there are books postcards and various other paraphernalia that still exist that reminds us of that period that time period um when jason aldean uh put out the music video i think a lot of people were very quick to notice right that the courthouse that he filmed that in Mm. that is a symbol of lynching the black community right and and i think either he was he was being uh either chose to be truly ignorant about what was happening there and the the choice of his music video or yeah. he straight up didn't care, right? It, it's one or the other, not not both, not, yeah. I, I'm going to go I, on I, and say, odds are it's just fucking, uh, he, he doesn't care, right? No, yeah. That's what I lean on. I think a lot of the, when we're talking about this uh, uh, country music, like even Anthony Oliver, or Oliver Anthony, whatever the hell his name is, uh, right? The, 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 the singing about like, oh, I'm trying to appeal to the blue collar. I'm, I'm, I want to be relatable. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to call out the poor people because they're they're lazy as fuck and, and they, they're not worth it. My taxes are to paying me, for them. Yeah. To me, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were blue collar one second, turn around and attack the very people that for whether whether or not you're whatever polit- side of the political, political spectrum that you are, 
these are still folks that need our help, right? Where is the Christian value there, right? Where's the the empathy, the caring? No, instead it's attack, attack attacking poor people. It's bullshit. A lot of bullshit there. Yeah, yeah, you know that that Oliver Anthony song is just it's rife with. I think it got it has these southern Confederate undertones. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he also takes jabs at the political system with like you know like you were just saying welfare and things like that where he he feels uh attacked or he feels wronged by welfare with by his you know by by the government using his tax dollars to feed the poor and these poor people are just you know to him overweight people that just need to get off wow. welfare wow you know, and I think right that that's the kind of broad brush that a lot of uh, uh, folks who are on the right they they tend to marginalize folks who are truly suffering and truly needing the help, and instead of saying let me give you a hand and let's be let's just count our blessings and say that we're able to help these folks, the immediate reaction is always to attack, um, and it, it does not escape me that folks on the right typically like to attack the things that. Uh, they feel people should be able to do on their own, like be able to survive on seven twenty-five an hour, which we know it's physically impossible now with inflation yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Suddenly, uh, right? The, the conservative conversation is like, well, do less, have less food, buy on a buy on a budget, and that makes no sense. Now you're you're whittling people down to the point where they're on starvation wages. And I'm sorry, I know I'm I'm taking us to a super tangent, but that the, these country country music historically has always been about uh, uniting people against uh, their against those who would uh, dare threaten their common interest, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to live freely, to be able to own land, to breathe freely in a country that that's supposed to be about freedom. Uh, but now you've got bootlickers li- boot like Jason Aldean who wants to uphold the status quo and say, um, if you don't like this country, get out. That type of lyric, right? And those. Uh, uh, Anthony Oliver's that they, they like to rag on the poor and say, well, if you're poor, it's your fault. That type of blaming and victim shaming to me, it is unconscionable to be a quote unquote person, a champion of the people to also attack the people. Uh, you know what I find strange about the Oliver Anthony, or you know what? I'm not even getting, I don't think I'm getting his name wrong and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but um, what I find most uh, I guess what I found concerning about his his song is his answers uh, post his song, you know, post oh, the controversy, yeah, yeah. where he he's giving these interviews and he's like, "Oh no, I don't like left and right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking That's about so the fucking pandering, man. That yeah. is that is and pandering to, me, to the to man. To me, I think he's just fucking insincere and ingenuine, right? It's just someone was like now. Now he's saying, "Well, my my song doesn't have left or right uh, political points." Or Does political, it though? Political tones. It's it's it's. I'm just going after the man, you know. I'm for the little people. I was like, man, shut the fuck up. This guy's he's he's as fake as fuck as fucking uh, what's his name, Jason Aldean over here. Yeah. Uh, and I manufactured. Looked, I looked at the interview and he it looks very insincere. He sounds yeah. and looks very insincere to me. I mean, when you when you have to, if your if your whole thing is, I'm trying to unite people through my music, that my my thing isn't left or right. Uh, I can give you a perfect example of a person who's not left or right. Bon Jovi, 
rock music. Bon Jovi was a, a person that really spoke to the blue collar, right? Um, ta- talked about the kind of the, the struggles, the, the idea of unionizing, the, the ability to, to do that. And it, it just feels like with Aldine and with this other guy, Oliver Anthony, Anthony Oliver, I really don't care at this point. Um, it's, it's always let's, let's, let's uphold this one group, but attack the other. Let it, let us come down hard on a group that doesn't deserve to be defended. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, you know, um, you listen, you listen to this, to, to these country songs, right? And listen, I'm not saying that all country is bad because it isn't. There's some that's a really good country. And we've already said that before in the other podcasts, you know, and, um, and I think there is some good country out there, like I've already said, but this style of, of country, like you just mentioned, of, you know, taking political, political jabs, this Toby Keith, Jason Aldean, Oliver Anthony, this type of vibe, this type of music is, it's, it's simply to me, catering to nationalists and racists, right? Uh, this this type of style, I can't vibe with it, man. I, I I don't like it. I don't like their message. I don't like their tones of what they're singing about. Their images, like fucking Jason Aldean over there, uh, and you know, it, it's just it's it's fucking awful. And it takes it takes a very smooth brain to say, oh, it means nothing. You know, like don't these read too songs much into don't it. have. Like these songs weren't written and performed with an idea in mind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and these songs went viral for a week. They went viral. People fucking looked them up. They were fucking having very big discussions about them. And and like I said, with uh, Oliver Anthony, I mean, with the title of "Rich Men North of Richmond," right? Doesn't that have fucking Confederacy undertones? I mean, come on now. It does. I mean, you're saying Rich, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Absolutely. Say, a defender of that will say, oh, come on now. He's talking about the big cats in D.C. That's all it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll say, bullshit, <laughs> you know that's wrong. You know it's, yeah. that's not what he means. But and I think here, here's a valid point, right? That uh, a lot of, of, of what folks like, like uh, Oliver Anthony and uh, Jason Aldean is hide lyrics uh, or put lyrics out there that are hidden in in, in dog whistles, right? Uh, when I think about Jason Aldean's song, and I think about uh, this other guy, and how right we were talking about earlier, how they can jab at poor people, or they can jab at the black community uh, by p- putting imagery, or even saying to to outsiders like, "We know who doesn't belong here," right? Uh, we've had direct experience with that. We know what that means when when they yeah. sing songs like that, and and when it was brought to my attention, I was like, "Damn, I know what you mean by that." And that is absolutely awful that you're singing that. Um, we were, we were, uh, we were at the other end of that question, huh? Yeah. To yeah. Who? Small knit community, you know, being proud of a small knit community, but for who? We were but at for, that. We were at the other absolutely. end of that question. And uh, I mean, you, you take it away, man. You you can describe. Uh, yeah, to, to give the listeners some of some context here, and I think we might have shared this in a previous podcast episode. I'm not sure. Uh, but Luis and I, uh, uh, we we'd exper- we had experienced our uh, our our prejudice, our isolation, our whatever you want to call it, uh, via a small town. Uh, and I'll call it out. It's Clovis, New Mexico. 
we were brought there when my, my parents, our parents, where we were moving out there. Uh, dad found a place. He fell in love with Clovis, bought the house, right? So uh, we were hold the on, outsiders. I think I want to clarify something. Yeah. I think dad fell in love with the seclusion of the little farm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I don't think I he could... was quite fond of Clovis either, but he did like his... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like no, his... I, I do remember that. I do remember him uh, talking about the the negative things about Clovis. But when I think about our experience in Clovis, I don't... I don't remember receiving the open arms of a community. I don't remember feeling defended by a community. I don't remember any of that because I feel like we were often on the outside looking in. Um, and that was highlighted by a perfect example. I had just got my driver's license. Um, I, do you remember this? Uh, we were picking up Jose from a party. We were uh, mom and dad assigned us to go pick him up because the party was about to wrap up. Yeah. And Again, this is a small town. This is what a town of thirty thousand people, approximately. Well, back then, it was late nineties, right? Uh, it was, no, this was uh, in the two thousands. Now, this was two two thousand nineteen ninety nine two thousand. I want to say. Okay, so nineteen ninety nine. Remember, there were those billboards uh, right as you enter the the town, where it said, "Oh, welcome to Portales" or "Welcome to Colovis." Uh, you know, a town full of thirteen or fifteen thousand. Uh, people with one or two grouches. Oh yeah, that's the Portales sign. Yeah, that shit fucking felt like it was reverse, man. No, uh, honestly, honestly, right. Uh, so as we were going to uh, pick up uh, our little brother uh, Jose, who is not so little anymore, uh, Jose, you know, we knew where he was. The, the the address was given to us. We went over to go ch- scope it out to look at uh, wh- how long he was going to take and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. We just ha- so happened to park. Not not so close to where the party was, but just beside a house. We were just yeah. chilling. Uh, and before you know it, do you remember this, Luis? Uh, people started kind of just coming out of the house and looking at our vehicle, looking at it suspiciously. Now, one would assume, right? Okay, yeah. you're 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 kind of the outsider. All right, you know, you're curious. Uh, somebody might come up and ask what you're doing there. Um, <laughs> and all all we're honestly doing is just to, there to pick up our brother. Just and just waiting for him to get out. Yeah. And suddenly, not not only is it two or three people now, it, it was first initially little kids that were looking at our vehicle, looking at the license plate. Then it was adults starting to come out in bigger groups, adults uh, taking pictures, uh, looking at, right, uh, what, what are we doing? Nobody asked us. No, none, none, no one asked us. Um, and then you and I got the inkling, right? Like, maybe we should leave. Maybe, maybe we should leave just because something, something's happening. Before I could even uh, turn the vehicle around, I remember uh, police officers were already pulling up. There were like three or four patrol vehicles. I might be exaggerating the number, Luis. Uh, I think you, you are. I think it was just maybe tops two. Two. So two vehicle, two two, uh, two Clovis patrol vehicles, and uh, it, it didn't help that it was an all, mostly all white group calling out or making us feel isolated having us to get out of our vehicles, having our vehicle searched and us the entire time scared to death about what would happen next. Right. Uh, and our experience uh, to me, to this day, I cannot having a police officer follow me from behind makes me nervous. Addressing a police officer uh, makes me freeze up a little bit. 
I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I still don't have trust for police officers. I don't either. I don't either, especially, I mean, that's just one example, right? A quick example of what we went through where it was just, I mean, you felt unwelcome. You felt it right away. You felt unwelcome. And people could, as, as usual, as they usually do, turn it around and say, Juan, I mean, everybody was just wondering what the hell was going on, what you're doing. These, these things are routine, Juan, right? People could say that. Yeah. But, you know, if you, if you were us, you're wondering, okay, why they got this, why, why do they got this SUV police car out there, you know, police vehicle out there, and then you got the other patrol car right behind us and telling us to get out and search our vehicle and whatnot. And what were we supposed to do? Do we have, did we have that freedom to say, hey, show me your badge number. Hey, mm -hmm. I don't consent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, this and that. Did, did you feel like you have that power to say that? Not at all. I know I and, didn't. And I, remember. We were afraid of uh, what they might say, right? Of uh, some uh, retaliation say, hey, fuck you guys. You know, who, who are you to talk to me like that, right? Or worse, he might even pull out his fucking weapon just to say, get on the ground, right? Yeah. And these yeah. these are things that these are things that cross our mind because again it's like you feel unwelcomed. And what was what was that lyric from Aldine? Try that in a small town, see how far you'll get. And try uh, out here we take care of our own, right? In that moment, this dude, we were already I want to say we were already in high school at this point because I remember getting my driver's license sophomore year, and I was, remember yeah. that was the moment I, I knew that the community does not does not have our backs. That yeah. we were, we were, uh, man, and this is going to, this is going to be kind of painful to say it. We did not belong in that community. That it was, it was highlighted to me that you were one, you were not one of our own. You are not who are we, we're going to defend. We find you suspicious and therefore we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you were supposed to be here in the first place. Stranger. Yep. And there's that key word, right? Stranger. And how long Not have we been living in Clovis, man? How long have we been, been living in Clovis at that point? I don't know. I don't remember. That, two and a half years, bro. We've been living there for two and a half years and not a single moment that I feel we were part of the Clovis community, uh, Clovis community at all. I mean, you, you were part of the band and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying this. It is difficult to, uh, it's difficult to create community on the outside when in the high school, it's almost like you're cans in a sardine. And even in high school, dude, it felt like we only hung out with the outsiders. Sardines in a can, you mean? Sardines in a can. There you go. I get what you're saying, though. I mean, but it goes back to those lyrics, right? Where it's, uh, who is it intended for? Mm -hmm. I, I definitely didn't feel like that. I definitely didn't feel like I come from a small town and that the, the small town has my back. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't feel that. I definitely didn't feel it. You know, I think, uh, again, we, we went our, I think every single family member in our family went uh, their separate ways. They, they went off and did their thing, right? And... Uh, even to this day, man, like, uh, doesn't bother me to to think about Clovis. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for me to say, to say would you ever return? It doesn't do anything for me. Feel very little emotion there. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would, I would, I would probably say the same just because, I mean, let's put it, let's put it this way. There's pros and cons for everything, right? But what we're talking about here and about these lyrics and these songs that uh, we think create are creating a division, right? Uh, I, I think with our experience at that time, uh, it, it only supports those song only supports what we think now of these small towns. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it again, that it's a small town for who it's a community for who a community for who, you know, you definitely don't have my back. I know that we know that much. Right. And, um, and again, I think when I talk about, when we talk about country music, I'm not saying that the country music's bad again. I'm not saying country music's bad. I think the Aldeans, the uh, Oliver Anthony's and the Toby Keith kind, these are fucking cancer. These are fucking cancer to country, you know? And, uh, and it's unfortunate, you know? Um, and let me just give a little bit of a, a little tangent over here. I remember when I was going through basic training and uh, towards the end, when you're graduating, they'd always play this, uh, uh, they'd always play uh, Toby Keith's American Soldier. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel shit for that song, man. So you didn't connect with it? I didn't connect for at all. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I didn't connect with American Soldier. I didn't, com- I didn't connect with Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. I didn't connect with none of that shit. I just looked at that song. I was like, what the fuck? Do people actually like this bullshit? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they got all teary eyed and everything like, yeah, American I mean, soldier. again, they feed and entertain these types of songs only feed and entertain a certain kind of listener. Right. And in today's U.S. political and sociological climate, it makes things worse. You know, it, it just it creates it, it. It creates more flames than it puts them out. Right. It does nothing to remedy the wounds of anything. It's just causing more harm. And, and here's the fucking kicker with for everything else. Here's the fucking kicker. These are the same motherfuckers that I'll turn around and say to you, why can't we just get along? Juan, Juan, come on now. Why can't we just get along with, those, with so much division? Why can't we just get along, Juan? The irony in saying that, though, right? Uh, it's so divisive out there. Why can't we just get along? While in the same breath, holding hostile views of others. I find it hypocritical hypocritical, stress that, underline that, bold that, however you want, uh, that in the same breath that people are worshiping songs like uh, American Soldier, in the, same vet, in, the sa- in the same vein, reject the American veteran, right? Or do very little to support American vets. Uh, when you've got people actively uh, like celebrities who are derided, by the way, right? That would, that would say, you know what? I'm, I'm championing this cause like Jon Stewart, the comedian, I'm championing this cause. We need to have vets fully funded for any every care that they they they've done they've done their mission. They've come home. They deserve to be compensated. And the pushback by the conservative right is, no, we don't we don't want to do handouts. We don't. Why why we got to take care of them? Like they fought your wars. They fought everything else. Uh, and and for some reason now 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 is not the time to talk about the American soldier. Uh, so th- just the irony, right? The the yeah. the entire irony of uh 
one dude. pointing out how hostile the environment is, yeah. but at the same breath saying, uh, "Dude, yeah, well, dude." All I can say is, "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me." All I can say is that they're fucking cowards, trolls, and fucking devils for saying shit like this. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and and dude, uh, when things are when things are laid out the way as they are, right? You know, with uh, this direct and indirect bigotry and racism in the country and with this volatile space and social and political climate, what hope is there? One starts to think, what hope is there, man? That That is a great question. I think you and I, I think it's been established. You you and I are polar opposite ends of uh, our, our, our outlook on life and our outlook on, on social, on social people, on socializing. Uh, but for me, I'm going to tell you, it's always hope. I like to think past typical, leaders. Typical, typical, typical Juan. I, I I like to think that past leaders have shown us moments of unity. It's hard. It's difficult. Uh, and I think that must be understood that folks like Jason Aldean, things like the Oliver Anthony's, Anthony Oliver, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, that's just their, their way of trying to express and unite and try to undercut the message but we have to be able to unite and call out things like this every single time. And a lot of people are, go- are going to say, right, like, but that's woke. You're, you're becoming like that's that's the whole point. We have to be aware of these things. If we let a little bit of racism slide, if we little let a little bit of prejudice slide, if we're allowing the black community to be targeted or allowing the poor community to be targeted, we're already buying that group the, the the opposing group the 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 oppressor that little space for them to take up and, and say anything they want about any marginalized group yeah and what's strange is that you know you get these guys with with this message right and what what gets me what confuses me is that people hear this and then, you know, things play out in society, right? Events, sometimes horrible, things play out. And then we start to look at things and go, where are these ghosts from the past coming from? Why are they still haunting us, you know? You look like, what the, like, what the hell is going on? It's 2023, and there's fucking literal Nazis marching around the U.S. Like, it's, what it's the fuck crazy. is this, man? Like, what is this? I think it's it's... it's- one, I think we've done, we're doing a better job. I think at the college and university level, and even folks who are starting to study history and see, we need to revise history because uh, history has taken on the shape of kind of a, a white European lens that only sees white people as victors, that only sees pe- the white folks that have established everything. The idea behind a revisionist history is to say, we need to dismantle that and include all of history and how white folks were also wrong. And there's efforts in Florida now that are trying to reverse all that, right? To reverse what we've learned, to reverse the the damages that's that's been done uh, in the past. And how or can at we- at least put a can, spin on it, right? Th- that's the attempt. And uh, that's why I said we need to we need to come after Prager, Prager you next. But that's wow. that, that's the whole the whole idea is this idea of re-revisionist history that rewrites history to say uh, for example, in Florida, the idea is that, but but slaves benefited from history because they got skills. They got skills from slavery, and and that is a bullshit excuse. That is a bullshit excuse to try to cover up history. 
what a poor spin on things. Like, really? Yeah. And that and that's the whole point, right? That racism presents itself as readily accessible. That folks who feel empowered and say, uh, you know what? Uh, people, I feel like I'm, I'm being told I'm wrong, but I'm going to find uh, notes and, and historical documents that prove that I'm right. Because history will prove that slavery was necessary. And, and, and it gets to me, man. It, it honestly does. Like folks, folk, folks out there exist that think that slavery was a beneficial thing and it wasn't. It wasn't. And yet they put them on, they're, they're putting it on, uh, they're putting it on social media, like fucking Prager you, like you said, they're trying to pass laws to fucking spin shit around. And you know, what's just fucking jarring too. It's fucking jarring that motherfuckers like Aldine and Anthony uh, and, and Toby Keith will most likely hide behind the First Amendment and claim that their message is protected, right? Right, right. Uh, and, and how is that possible? I don't, I mean, it's obvious. Again, right, the Constitution. But there's a good chance that because of their songs, some violence will probably befall on some person of color or another minority group. And it's a fucking sick game, man. They'll say some shit, shit will happen, and then they'll say, whoop, 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 whoop. I'm protected, though. It's not my fault. I already made my money. I don't give a fuck, right? Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. sick game, man. It's really it's a fucking sick and ugly game. I I think, again, like I was referring to our past leaders like uh, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Malcolm X, and Cesar Chavez. And even though Cesar Chavez, we can definitely debate his, uh, you know, kind of role in, in a lot of things that may or may not be favorable. But they understood that the work was always difficult. And I think for a, a, a good a good number of people that believe that racist sentiments should be something that they behold, it's because it's so easy and accessible to them that they'd rather mm. believe that, right? That there's a superiority complex for them. But we, for those of us that are saying, well, we got to take up the mantle and not only take up the mantle, but do the hard work, it's always going to feel like we're making slow progress when others are ready to say, I'm, move, I'm ready to move on from racism because it doesn't exist it's it's not real anymore i'm been i'm i'm doing my thing i'm benefiting from from my own work and they're not seeing that the structures that have put them there continuously continuously oppress others in the process yeah it's it's difficult man it's difficult to wrap your head around this shit where you know you'd think that america a beacon of progress right not maybe not in its foundation but it's definitely uh it definitely worked up to it's definitely worked up to it right progress and it's it's 2023 and yet the fight like you said continues absolutely and it's strange that it's strange that you'd have to that we have to continue voicing our opinions saying hey you know, there's going to be social progress. There's going to be, uh, you know, racial progress, you know, because it's real. It's real. And it's and because it's so real, it affects communities in, 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 in impactful ways where it's life and death sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's it's fucking crazy, man. Learning about this history will help us will prevent us from just learning history in a in a one lens way 
And mm. if we if we continuously look at history in this one little lens, it's going to prevent us from addressing the injustices of our country. So I think that's where conservatism likes to look at history is through this little one lens, because they'd rather ignore the injustices than address the real issues. Um, so we didn't we we didn't achieve equality. Uh, I'll I'll say this. Equality is something we're constantly having to work on. It's not something that, yes, you, you can say the women's suffrage movement, the civil rights movement have made strides in equality, but our work continues. And I think uh, revoking or taking away the the, the voting rights uh, amendment or any sort of uh, bill that addresses voting rights, you're only taking a step backwards. Um, so, yeah. I think uh, if you're comfortable with the status quo right now, you're not paying attention and you have become complacent to the very system that is designed to exploit you and your complacency. You know, with everything going on right now, it's it's like I always say when we when we close off, right, when we sign off, I think it's 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 very important now more than ever to realize your realization of reality. You know, uh, I don't think I can, I don't think I can highlight that more than I already do with, with the ending of every episode that we record. Realize your realization of reality. Um, I think that's very important to do. I think it's an individual work. So let's keep on working on, uh, let's keep working on raising our own individual levels of consciousness and uh, let's strive to be aware of the moments that passes by. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists has the doomsday clock currently set at 90 seconds to midnight. Let's make every effort truly to understand each other and be conscientious of each other. Please like, share, and subscribe to the Fifth Dimension Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is Fernando Rivas, Consultant. Jose Rivas, Consultant. Luis Rivas, Script Supervisor, Music Composer and Performer and Co-Host. Juan Rivas, Producer, Editor and Co-Host. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is a production of the Authentic Voices Network, LLC. done wrap up